Hello, everyone. I'm Al Daldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. This episode was hosted by Graham Sucha. Graham has worked within the Calgary business community for nearly 15 years. He has spent the past year working for a tech not-for-profit following a four-year stint where he served as the MLA for the constituency of Calgary Shaw. And now let's get right into Graham's chat with Daphne Canales-Lays. Take it away, Graham. Hi there, I'm Graham Sucha, and today I'm joined by Daphne Canellas-Lees. She's the founder of the digital marketing software platform Spartan Spark Inc. Uh, she serves on numerous boards uh, and currently has an MBA from the University of Calgary. Daphne, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. All right. So uh, when I've been reviewing sort of your background and your history, it, it looks like you've been sort of in this digital marketing field in some fashion or another since uh, 2013, if I'm correct, or sorry, t- 2003, if I'm correct. That's right. So I'd love to start from the beginning and, and just hear how you f- you found your way there and and uh, and what inspired you to go into that field. Yeah, so actually when uh, back in university, I started just really delving into all kinds of marketing things like Jay Conrad Levinson's um, guerrilla marketing books and uh, there's another Jay that I love, Jay Abraham, super old school marketing guys. And I just fell in love with like the concepts and, and, and the kind of things that they were doing that were like really like, um, I guess, guerrilla style, right? So just doing all kinds of creative, like being super creative about how they got the word out. And, uh, and at the time, I also discovered uh, dancing. I was, I was a professional uh, Egyptian belly dancer uh, I was in university, I discovered that art form and I was really good at it. So after I finished university, I opened up my own dance studio. It was for like corporate women and just really niched in this unique dance form that empowered women and made them feel beautiful and, you know, and, and was like a, a sport or an activity to do. And I used all those marketing techniques that I that I had learned from the books to promote that. And I, I created one of the biggest dance schools in Western Canada and had, you know, huge festivals and was a founding member of, uh, of Global Fest. So the multicultural portion of Global Fest. So just did some really cool stuff in my 20s. And then after I had my first son, all of my work was evening and weekend work. And so I decided to, hey, maybe this is the time for me to go back to school and do something more intellectual with all the things that I've learned. And, and during the, the 10, 15 years that I did the dance studio, I actually, uh, my husband helped me develop software. So in the early 2000s, we were like blogging, we're on page one of Google, where we were automating a lot of stuff, even though people weren't ready to pay online. Uh, We had kind of a whole bunch of stuff ready and mobilizing hundreds of uh, volunteers for festivals and just whatever I had to do to, to make it fun and um, community focused. And so I decided to uh, do an executive MBA at the Haskane School of Business and a focus on how I could take that software and turn it into something useful for other businesses. So that's kind of the beginning of the story. <laughs> yeah, because it sounds like you're you've grown accustomed to to working on projects uh, from their infancy. So, um, how do you manage? Uh, if I look back to to when you were going to university, the rise of uh, Facebook and YouTube and and different ways that people are doing marketing. 
Yeah, so so that's been really interesting because I've seen a lot of things come and go and follow different gurus. Like we all know Gary Vaynerchuk, everybody's in love with Gary and his digital methods. And one of my favorite stories of his is, was that he bet on the wrong horse. So when YouTube came out, there was another video platform and he this is this is this other one's going to be the winner because YouTube was actually initially a dating it's like it was like a video dating site and then it turned into a little bit more and and the reason YouTube won is because it got bought out by Google <laughs> that's what i think mm-hmm. and so he put like all of his efforts into this other platform so when he finally came back to YouTube it was only maybe like 2 years ago 2 or 3 years ago he had to kind of start from scratch but the, he already had his whole foundation But what I teach my clients is it's great to pick one social media platform and just, you know, go hard on it and do all this amazing stuff. But you kind of have to keep the other ones in mind. Um, Another one that was like super powerful and that went away was Google Plus. So Google started their own community. And a lot of us who were really focused on search engine optimization thought that uh, because this is Google's platform, we need to be on there. And, And yes, there was some, you know, so a lot of benefits, but eventually they couldn't keep the community going. So it fizzled out. It was really it was really for like uh, more like data geeks and just a really geeky platform. But we had a lot of fun over the years. And so you you kind of never know as time goes on. And here we are in a situation where the world is changing again. And, you know, who's going to survive? What's what's going to be wh- what platform is going to be the amazing platform that that stays and keeps everybody connected? So you always need to like uh, have your hands in a few of them, and of course specialize in one, just because of time constraints. That's that's very interesting. Like, if, if I hear your conversation correctly, you're you're almost talking more about how setbacks have have impacted you that more than uh, your successes. So, how do you maintain that positivity and keep an open mind when you're when you're dealing with an um, a negative setback. <laughs> so I think um, setbacks are really interesting. And I was I was actually just, uh, you know, uh, listening to another video of, of somebody who's extremely successful. And he talked about how we as entrepreneurs, and even like the, the very successful ones, we don't talk about all the setbacks, like once an entrepreneur makes it, and the, you know, they're like the $100 million entrepreneur, they're like, Oh, you know, it all makes sense. And I connected all the dots. And it was so great. But We've all we all go through like these amazing setbacks and he calls it the the trough of sorrow. <laughs> and and one of his analogies was, uh, you know, you're you're eating your cereal for the 900th time. Got to make it through the you know, this day uh, trying to get through to the other side. And every single entrepreneur who's ever made it like there is no one that it was just like a clear path. Totally know what to do for the, the first time. Right. You get better and better every time you start a new business or a new project. But I think. Uh, talking about like how you changed what you did or what you learned from the last situation. That's, that's the super, super important part. And I guess I, I reinvented myself many times as I, as I had setbacks or changes in my life or like what we're experiencing now. This is the whole world changing, right? And it could be like in 2008, where there was the, the big global recession. Now, it, now it's this situation, but each time we, what's um, important is the creativity, like staying in a creative mode so that you can figure out, okay, what do I do next? How do I find the next idea that's going to take all the skills that I have and move them forward? So, so staying in sort of that theme of setbacks, then what would you uh, say that your biggest setback was in, in either your professional career or in your life? Um, so definitely uh, my brain injury. So I, I started talking about this during uh, when when COVID started, and I had kind of like kept it 
not, it wasn't a secret, but it was just like something I didn't really talk about as much. And I've actually just recently come out on the healthy side. So it's been a couple of years of work to get through here. But in 2018, I had a snowboarding accident and I got a double brain injury from the accident. And um, I didn't realize how bad things were because, you know, it was me and my brain <laughs> uh, trying to deal with the world. And, um, and I actually ended up losing my business. I, I'm like a super positive outgoing person. And I was struggled to remember, remember people's names, struggled to talk, I couldn't read properly, like, you know, is, and it, and it makes sense. And it was so frustrating, because I like to move things forward to, to have to wait and to have to take it one step at a time. And so I just had to find creative ways to to deal with it. So some of the things that I did is I hired a virtual assistant, and she would have to read me all my emails, because I didn't want to shut down my business. I, I really was super concerned about my employees and, you know, how, you know, how do I how do I deal with this? I'm, I'm paying their, their food bill or, you know, like they, they have lives to live. So I kept my business open for uh, too long for the situation that I was in. So that was one of the, the really big lessons is that I didn't shut down my business fast enough. And I, and I think the lesson in that is that I didn't have a clear understanding of my financials. I didn't know what my cash flow was like on a day-to-day basis uh, or, you know, being able to project it. So those are the things that I worked on during the brain injury is okay, I need to really get control of my finances, how much cash is coming in, how much is going out, how much runway do I have? When do I need to, you know, get loans? Because once you start losing cash or burning too much money and not making enough, it that's a really hard position to go to the banks and say, hey, I need money now. I'm in trouble. <laughs> you have to go when you're um you're in like an amazing position and ask for money. So that's one major lesson that I learned. Oh wow. Yeah. So you you talk about setbacks, Daphne, and, and how they've ins- inspired you throughout your professional career. So I, I know with with some of the setbacks that we're seeing, uh, this has given you an opportunity to launch a new platform called Lemons to Lemonade. And I would love to hear more about that. Yeah. So what happened with Project Lemons to Lemonade is actually it, it was created March 13th, 2020. And that's uh, the day when I started getting phone calls from all of my big clients saying that they they, they had to shut down. They had, everything had to shut down. They were laying off staff. And I, I it was, you know, uh, airport facilities. There was hotels, orthodontists, just all, all these industries that had to close down really quickly and, and lay off a bunch of staff. And I, and I just thought, I need to find a creative way for Spartan Spark to stay alive. Um, I had a, I've had experience um, having to shut down my business before when I had my brain injury. Had to, I, I kept my expenses running for too long. And, uh, and that was really painful to come out of. And, and what was funny is that um, February was my first profitable month since the brain injury. So I've been working super hard for the last couple of years. We just super, we totally celebrated our first profitable month. <laughs> and then COVID hit. So I was like, okay, I know what this is. I know what this is about. I know what this is like. So I have to figure this out really, really quickly. And I kind of brainstormed all night. And then the next day I announced to the team, you know, this is what's happening. We've lost all of our major clients, but I have a plan. We're going to, we're going to create this awesome platform called Project Lemons to Lemonade. And we're going to, you know, just help other companies 
get visibility and, and talk about how we can all support each other and learn from each other. And I, I always find that in times of trouble, it's always great to reach out to a community and see how you can be helpful. That's that's my go-to. And, and it, makes, it makes me really happy. And it turned out that the team just absolutely loved the idea. And it was inspiring to come to work every day. I was filming about two episodes a day with different entrepreneurs and trying to find ways, you know, that we can, we can keep teaching our community. How do we get through something? We're all struggling to find what the answers are. So that's kind of how the platform started. It, it has evolved. Um, and, and I'm now interviewing uh, Inc. 5000 companies, so the fastest growing companies in the U.S. and, and learning a ton from, from their experience. Because what I found is, like, again, in these really tough times, we have to be like super scrappy and super creative. And that's what a lot of these Inc. 5000 companies have done is found different ways to grow, grow as fast as possible. And so these are all things that we can all learn from. And I tapped into not just our my Calgary network, but my my American network. I'm I have a board of advisors in California and and so just found all these different points of view and, and interviewing different people from different industries has been amazing. Uh, what would you say the, the biggest lesson you've learned from interviewing uh, people during this uh, project? I think uh, what's really fun about it is I actually never know what I'm going to learn from each uh, company that I interview. And what's been really interesting is that it's somehow always, well, because maybe because I'm the interviewer, but it's always like a little gem or like some kind of light bulb that that turns on uh, for me is like, oh, I hadn't thought about that. Or, you know, these these are a few things that I can put together and we have these great conversations on the show, I, I really look forward to the interviews. They're super inspiring and they're just really energizing. And, you know, it's like, it's like brainstorming with a different, different company, different business owner who's gone through their own journey and finding that gem that relates to how something that, that can be applied to any business. I just love that. So uh, speaking in, in sort of a, in a hypothetical situation here, if if you were a guest on Lemons to Lemonade and we were talking about uh, a company that might have to make that really hard decision to to shut down just because of these circumstances, and and we've in Alberta we've been here before with uh, two major recessions in the last uh, twelve years. So, um, what would you use to motivate that individual who might have to roll up shop and and try something new? Mm-hmm. So uh, what I would do is actually my biggest lesson throughout all of this has been what one of my friends calls the riches are in the niches. <laughs> so it's really finding that one specific, like really narrowly focused area where you can play. And I've actually found um, we're actually Spartan Spark is moving in a totally unique direction right now because I've been focusing on this. Um, a lot and and trying to find like what's our space in the world so Spartan Spark has been a digital company that specializes in high-end leads so bringing high value customers to companies like orthodontists and lawyers or you know things that are a a bit more expensive than the norm and uh, you know like where do I fit in the world because I can't be everything to everyone that's not going to work so when you're in a time of struggle or you need to reinvent yourself you know you have a limited amount of money and that money needs to go into your advertising costs. And you need to figure out, like, what is the, you know, the, the lowest cost per lead that I can get? And so when you're able to, like, niche market and you're able to, like, really get into, like, this, I'm, I'm going to be in this one specific area of the market, you can, your money can go way further. 
But if you think about it that way, then then and you can be a guru in that particular space. And and for a long time, so one of my mentors has been talking to me about this for years, but it was like, well, I'm I've got FOMO, fear of missing out. Okay, what if I pick this niche and it totally doesn't work? And then I have to like start again. And like we talked about before, Graham, where it's like, oh, I, I tried the social media platform and then it died. And so try again. So it's like we're doing it all the time anyways. And so we need to do that in our company. And what happens is if you are too broad in your offering, so if you're like the buffet, you're never going to be like that amazing French dish or, or whatever your favorite food is. And so you're wasting your money and your efforts anyways. So once once I had that realization, everything just totally started to make sense. So to give like a practical example, what we're doing is we're taking our software into the legal space. And then from there, I've refined it even further. I'm actually taking it into the personal injury legal space. And then I've refined it even further. I'm taking it into the personal injury legal space in San Diego. And so that has been like super interesting for us. And the reason that I chose that particular niche is because if I do a bigger geography, then I have to spend more money to get clients kind of all over the place. So I had to pick one location. And this has been through like so many iterations over the last nine weeks, trying to find the right lawyers to partner with. And, and you know, I thought that it, they would be in San Francisco. And I tried to find like the biggest audience. So for example, the reason I didn't do it in Calgary is because there are about maybe like 30 personal injury lawyers in Calgary. And then in San Francisco, there are like 250. So my odds of getting more clients were just way higher. So it just made more financial sense. Uh, and then the reason I'm doing personal injury is because I looked at the market and I tried to find kind of like who's got the worst marketing or where can I make the biggest dent not to say that's the worst marketing but it's like a different style of marketing so my marketing is all trust-based and education-based and and particularly in the personal injury space it's very kind of like in your face uh it's like a totally different style so so I think I can really make a, a big difference by educating the end consumer and being really thoughtful about you know the experience that they go through and I have my own experience to draw on. So when I had my double brain injury, I had to have I had to go into a corporate lawsuit with a big global company. And three days before my um, my trial date, my lawyer got suspended. And so had I known how to navigate the legal uh, industry, had I known that I should do background checks on lawyers and just all these things, I would have not had to you know deal with that experience and at that time when I wasn't thinking clearly or, or just really needed a lot of support. Uh, so I can really emphasize, emphasize with, um, with that market. So that's why I chose it. <laughs> wow. So, so if, if, if I was to pretend that you're a crystal ball here um, and, and everything is so fluid right now, um, what's, what's next for the innovation scene here in, in Alberta and, uh, and, and kind of what, what would you suggest for, for people to really focus in on or, or pivot towards uh, as we evolve out of COVID-19 and, and the new realities we face? Mm -hmm. So so I think with um, with our innovate, like Alberta has an amazing innovation scene. There's a lot of really cool projects going on. I've always been a really big fan of how can we get, like how can we all collaborate better together? Because what happens is, especially as innovators and creators, we, we get in our silos and we start kind of like working on our inventions, but we're not letting other people know. And during COVID, I've been looking more at like, okay, what what Canadian, not just 
not just Alberta, but what Canadian providers can I use? Like, am I using a tool right now that I could actually use a Canadian version of the tool? Or maybe there's somebody, you know, in Canada who's developed it or in Alberta. And so just kind of being able to connect a little bit more. And I know there's organizations like Rainforest that are that are working on highlighting the work of all these these great things that are happening in Alberta. Um, the other thing is that with COVID, it's kind of like it's equalized like the communication. So I'm working on projects like my my end customer is in California, but my team's here in Canada, most of my team's in Canada. And so uh, I've been able to have communication or to, just to talk to more people in the target market that I want to work in. Whereas before, nobody would have had, you know, it would have been phone calls. I would have had to fly there. So I think it's an amazing opportunity for Alberta companies to look beyond maybe the market that they've they've thought about before and look more on a global scale because there's so many things that are happening with technology. Another example is with my uh, personal injury project, uh, one, one of the things that I was struggling with is how do I do the intake with these clients? Well, now everybody's so used to Zoom and being on video conference that I can do video conference intake and that really changes the game. So what technology advancements have we had that you can leverage to make your business more interesting or faster to onboard clients or, you know, super leveraging technology, the more you can use technology to make your life easier, the faster you can run those experiments. So having a company is essentially running a bunch of lab experiments as quickly as possible so that you can figure out which ones are the winners. Amazing. Um, one thing I wanted to pivot to that I, I noticed about yourself is you're now uh, serving as a, on the Business Executive Council's production chair. Uh, could you tell me about some of the work that you're doing uh, with that organization? Yeah, so that was actually kind of an accident that I landed there. So I, I went to hear somebody speak at one of the Business Executive Council events. And then I noticed some funny things on the website. And I just kind of noticed, you know, they're, they're sharing this stuff on social media. And, you know, maybe I can give them some tips. I'm like this constant helper. <laughs> and like I mentioned to you before, Graham, is like helping other companies, other people, other organizations makes me really happy to contribute. And, you know, especially when it's it's um, an area of my talent that's like super easy to to brainstorm. So I started sharing some information and and they had just lost their marketing person because of COVID. They, they, the, the person had to go and um, save their own company. So, so I, I actually got an amazing opportunity to, to help out. And um, the Business Executive Council um, invites speakers, different kinds of speakers. So we've got Doug Winter. He's one of the top entrepreneurs in San Diego, just an amazing company called Seismic that he's, he's the CEO of. And so, um, so essentially, I get to hang out with all these great entrepreneurs who are teaching again, uh, other entrepreneurs, you know, what they're going through now, how they're dealing with it, best practices, and just, uh, just having an amazing time again, learning and, and uh, being able to help out by sharing this with, uh, you know, whoever wants to come. What's fun about the Business Executive Council is that they do, they pivoted from having in-person dinners to virtual dinners. So everybody who uh, comes to the event gets like a voucher to order from Grubhub or, you know, it would be like skip the dishes here. 
So you, so they eat and listen to a great speaker. Oh, that's excellent. And then it allows them and enables them to be able to support local businesses and local restaurants in their communities. Yes. And, and actually all of the funds, it's a very philanthropic organization. So every single dollar gets matched by a sponsor. So even the food vouchers goes to the food bank. But the, there's different charities that are chosen throughout the year. Oh, wow. That's uh that's amazing. So, you know, we're getting close to, to wrapping it up right now. Um, you know, are there any major projects that you're, you're going to get your sort of dip your feet into in the next little while that you want to talk about before we go? Uh, yeah. So so my my main project now is at Trustini. It's called Trustini.com. And that's my personal personal injury project. So what's different about what I'm doing there is that I am actually taking on all the the risk, the marketing risk you know, Spartan Spark is going to be doing all the the lead generation and all the marketing. And we're going to be an on-demand marketing service for personal injury lawyers. So they can partner with us to to get leads. And it's kind of like a mix between having a marketing agency do a full-on marketing project, but then we're take we're making it more efficient by not having to learn all of our expertise from one law firm because we're going to be working with many. So I think it's going to be a, a game changer. I'm super, super excited about the business model and what we're doing there with technology to kind of reverse engineer where we're using some machine learning to reverse engineer where the leads come from. And, and we have a few other algorithms where we speed up page load time. So the sales pages, so just a lot of geeky stuff that I'm really, really excited about. And I think I'm going to be able to make a huge difference to the, to the injured people who are looking for lawyers. Wow, that's that's uh, that's fascinating. So I know we touched about it before uh, with your lemons to lemonade platform that that you're hosting. If if people wanted to tune in or, or listen to some of the uh, the talks that you've had, how can they uh, how can they do that? We we post them all on our blog, so SpartanSpark.com/blog. They're on LinkedIn. I think that's you know where most of the conversations happen. We share them on t- uh, like Instagram and Twitter and everything. But I think a lot of the conversations are happening on LinkedIn because they're like by business people for business people. And that's, it's been an amazing uh, experiment that I'm going to keep going with because uh, everybody, uh, I get so many comments about, oh, thank you so much for sharing these. I'm learning so much and applying things in my business. And that makes me so happy that I can make an impact on other people's businesses. Excellent. Well, Daphne, thank you so much. I've, I've never felt so positive after talking about so many setbacks before so it's it's remarkable to see how you've <laughs> you, you've you. been able to take uh, the bob ross philosophy and 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 make happy accidents out of out of uh, everything yes. that's happened here that that's how i live my life is super super positive always looking on the bright side because there always is a bright side to everything excellent well thank you uh, so much for joining us on the leaders innovators and big ideas podcast hosted by uh, rainforest alberta uh, and you have yourself a great day thank you graham if you haven't already visit rainforestab.ca and sign the rainforest social contract become part of the inclusive silo busting sector agnostic all industry open sourced ego shrinking ecosystem building entrepreneur focused wide open social barrier smashing community known as rainforest alberta this episode is brought to you by community now magazine engage inspire educate together the audio for this episode was professionally edited by kate day with kd sound design Music for the show was created by Tony Deldegan. Please be sure to share this episode with everyone you know. Also, don't forget to come by and say hi at the next Rainforest event. 
let us know what you think of this podcast. If you're interested in being either a host, sponsor, or a guest of the show, send me an email at rainforestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.